You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Better Health with April. On today's show, I'm speaking with Leslie Peake, who is all the way in Switzerland right now, which is really amazing. And she has over 25 years of experience working with people from around the world. And today she's going to be opening up about her journey with stage four cancer. So it's an honor to have you on the show, Leslie. Thanks, April. I'm really excited to be here. It's going to be amazing. You're going to do incredible. So to start us off, to get us warmed up, where are you from and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health? Well, I'm originally from British Columbia, Canada, and I grew up in West Vancouver uh, near the ocean and close to Whistler Mountain. And I was fortunate enough that my dad was a developer. And in the early days, this sounds like a long time ago for some of you, but back in the late 70s, I was up at Whistler with my family because my dad was building up there. And so there was nothing up there. And we love to ski. So I, I grew up skiing. That's where I learned to ski. We went up there every year, all winter, every weekend skiing, and then spent all my summers up there on the lakes and canoeing down the river of golden dreams and mm. hiking. And, you know, I had a really wonderful upbringing. And mm. so we were outside, healthy, active, my mom loved to cook. And so it ate lots of variety of food. And, you know, in that way, uh, sense, you can say, yeah, I was, I was really spoiled. I was really fortunate um, to have that kind of uh, upbringing, you know, healthy, outdoor, active. That's incredible. And, and what's really crazy about hearing about that is what you're going to be leading into next. And many people probably don't know this, or maybe they heard in the intro about your, your journey with cancer. So knowing that background and how you've lived your life, it's pretty crazy. So what got you into health? And could you share a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. I mean, what got, I've always been interested in health. I've always loved to help people. I got into dance movement therapy first. Mm-hmm. I did a degree in movement and dance as a healing art. And then I went on to counseling psychology. And I worked with people in Canada when I lived in British Columbia with families and people looking to change their careers. And I always had an interest in career counseling because it asked the question, what do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, people are coming to me at a time of transition in their life mm-hmm. and I'm helping them figure out like, what is their heart saying they really want to do? Right. So that, that question has always been sort of a burning passion in me. And also asking myself, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. Am I happy what I'm doing right now? And so that's always been an undercurrent. And along with that, I've just been an active outdoor person. I biked, skied, hiked. I love the outdoors, Mm -hmm. being in nature. I 
got into meditation in my early 20s and yoga. And so I've, I've always mm. had a healthy lifestyle. It's been important to me. It's been one of my values and something to pass down to my children. And along with that, obviously, is healthy eating. You know, mm. I cooked my own food. I was, I was that mother in the grocery store, always looking at the ingredients, you know, to make sure there wasn't anything uh, bad in what I was buying if it wasn't fresh. Right. So that has always uh, just, just been my way, Hmm. you know? Hmm. Um, So that was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, That's how I was. That's how I lived. Now that's not to say my life didn't have stress in it. Hmm. I was I had two children. I worked, um, and then when we came overseas to work, that's um, working in international schools. Yeah, as a school counselor, there's a lot hmm. of stress um, involved. Um, but you know, as a as an energetic woman and you know I felt like hey I can handle all this Mm. take it in stride and Mm -hmm. go with it you know Mm -hmm. right so it's pretty crazy you know hearing about your lifestyle and everything seemed to be in place in the right way when it came to health the only area was possible stress and and it sounds like you you really chose to say to yourself you know yeah, I'm doing a lot, but I, I'm not stressed. And I can relate where I'm like, hey, I'm very, very busy, go, go, go. And it could be a very stressful lifestyle for many. But in my mind, I'm like, no, it's not. I'm fine. I've got this. So tell us a little bit about your diagnosis, because knowing your past now, it seems like it was pretty aligned with it living a healthy lifestyle other than the stress. So could you tell us a little bit about your diagnosis and and what occurred from there on out? Sure. Yeah. Because this is where it gets really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and part of just a little, little backstory on that is I really believe that after I got my diagnosis, that everything I had done in my life up until that point at 53 years old, prepared me mm-hmm. to deal with this moment and, and what was happening. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of crazy, But I had all the tools I needed Hmm. to work with myself and heal myself. So everything that I had learned and practiced and shared with other people and working as a counselor, I now had to turn to myself and really walk that talk, Mm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wasn't, uh, well, and the other thing was both children had left home, grown, mm-hmm. went back to Canada, going to university. And then this was the point when we moved to Switzerland. And I thought, hey, my life should get easier now. Mm-hmm. Both my kids are gone. And I, I'll just be working, you know, won't have to focus on as much. So I really thought things were going to get better for me. Yeah. And in, ironically, um, they just got worse. Wow. Uh, very fairly quickly too, in a way. Mm. So I started not feeling well Mm -hmm. and it took a while, probably took, oh, six, seven, eight, nine months, I guess, of having pre-symptoms and sort of checking things out a bit, but never once did cancer enter my mind, not Mm. once. And I'm not 
the kind of person that jumps at every little thing that, you know, goes wrong with me. Yeah. So I'm like, it'll get better. I'll get better. I'll get better. Be patient, you know? Mm-hmm. So finally, when things got bad enough and I had a colonoscopy, you know, I was sitting in the, this, this gastroenterologist office who I'd never met, didn't know. Mm-hmm. There he is telling me, that I've got uh, cancer, colorectal cancer, and yeah, it's not very good. Mm. So that was a shock. Oh, and a quick, and plus, I'm in another country now, other than Canada, where mm. German is the main language. So let's remember that I'm also navigating this with German as well. And I don't really know that much German, but there is some <laughs> English, but it is a lot of translating that's going on. Anyway, the, you know, long story short is that I got in to ha- see my house doctor, who I got just then, because I hadn't been able mm. to get one up until then, and quickly got referred to an oncologist. Mm-hmm. It all, you know, the great thing about Switzerland is the healthcare system is amazing. Mm-hmm. And everything happened very fast, nice. like within like days, mm. weeks, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for treatments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what, you know, one of the things that was a big shock when I received that diagnosis, I had to go back to work because my, my house doctor, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was written off. He said, you can't work. You're off a hundred percent. And my first reaction was really, (laughs) really, I have to stop working. And the school year had just started. Mm -hmm. So we just begun a school year in August. Actually, the kids hadn't even showed up yet. It was just the week before. And I was like, are are you sure I can't Mm -hmm. work a little bit? You know, like even then, even Mm -hmm. then when I was still like (laughs) really in pain, I was like, I could not fathom working. Yeah. And so that's how entrenched in a routine I was, which I didn't even realize in a job that was incredibly stressful. Hmm. And so Yes, written off 100%. So when all my colleagues at work heard this, I mean, everybody was in shock because I bet everybody knew me to just be such a healthy person. How could this happen to Leslie? You know, so cancer happens. It, it, you know, there, there is no guarantee if, you know, you do this, this, that, and that, which is what I thought, Mm -hmm. I guess, in the back of my mind that I'll be safe. I won't get sick, you know, because I'm doing all these good things. Mm -hmm. So that was a real conundrum to my Mm -hmm. mind, you know, and, and a big acceptance. I bet. I bet. I can't imagine. And yeah, a shock, not only for you, but others. And then to desire to keep going through it and be like, well, you know, there's a job that still needs to be done. Uh, It's, it just shows the lifestyle you live and how you serve others often and maybe putting yourself off to the side. And so um, what were the first steps that you took when you were diagnosed? Yeah, well, yeah, those are really good points to make because I was used to taking care of, you know, or overseeing like 500 high school students. And it was hard to to just let all that go and go, how's everybody going to be okay if I'm not overseeing everything? (laughs) Um, So it's amazing what we do and how we uh, can 
make ourselves responsible for everybody, you right. know, um, unconsciously or mm-hmm. subconsciously. So I had to accept that I wasn't going to work. And mm-hmm. in a way, because it came from an external outside source, mm-hmm. it, it made it easier for me. Like I had no choice. Yeah. And so it right. was like, Leslie, uh, get off that train and get <laughs> on this other one because mm-hmm. you're not going there anymore. And so once I accepted that, mm-hmm. which was quickly within days, yeah. um, as like, don't check your email, you're done. Yeah. The school will take care of it. Right. And then I felt this huge weight drop off of me mm. and then a huge amount of stress, just, just gone. I was oh, like, yeah. okay. That's okay. incredible. I, it was almost like mm. I have permission to let go. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that is one of the first things that I felt this huge stress leave me from the, the work aspect. And then I started focusing on myself. I realized Mm -hmm. I need to focus on me now because the biggest question on my mind was, Mm -hmm. am I going to live or am I going to die? I mean, that's what it gets down to. You got a stage four diagnosis with metastasis in various organs of your body, it's like, I could die. And I can see the end of that tunnel. And I don't want that tunnel, right? I I don't want that path. Mm -hmm. I want to live. And I want to see light. Mm -hmm. So that is all that concerned me. Mm -hmm. And, and I realize now looking back that I let go in my mind, Mm-hmm. And my thinking of all the responsibilities that I thought I should have, even, mm-hmm. even to my children who were older now, who were 22 and 24, mm-hmm. how, still young and still mm-hmm. felt like needing caring, but more on their own. Mm-hmm. However, I just, you know, don't realize, I think as women, how much we still are wondering and trying to make decisions and helping and, and troubleshooting and anticipating Mm. for, for other people, maybe for our family or spouse or kids. Mm -hmm. I just had to let it all go and say, you know Mm -hmm. what, everybody's responsible for their own life. Mm -hmm. And now I need to be responsible for my life. Mm -hmm. And that was a major shift. Yeah taking responsibility over your health now, even though you had that healthy lifestyle, taking responsibility over all aspects and, and like really honing in and like, okay, let's, let's, let me do an audit now of my body and, and all areas and what is, what's out of balance. Um, and so I would love to know what got you through those hardest moments. I'm sure there was many, you know, especially in the beginning and then throughout the journey. Yeah, well, it's been a long journey. So uh, I'm working on writing a book because it's, it's, it's really long when I look back at it. Um, because I had conventional treatments, I had complementary treatments, and I had all of these lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I, I wanted to highlight today with you, April, was talking about a, a major lifestyle shift that I did make. And this, this is all mm-hmm. part of it, how we shift our thinking, how, mm-hmm. how I could let go of mm-hmm. responsibilities and focus on myself. And 
so one of the lifestyle factors that I, I call it is that got me through all the many hard times I had was asking myself, what is my strong reason for living? Why do I want to keep living? Because my body is really challenging me right now. And it could easily, you know, it could check out. Right. And, and I don't want to. So why don't I want to? What, what is keeping me here? Hmm. And I believe that, I mean, this is a universal question that none of us escape. It doesn't <laughs> matter if we have cancer or anything. It's, it's always there, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we turn to it and ask ourselves that question and, and really are, and are open to hear answers or mm-hmm. see what comes, um, then we can make our next choices, our next steps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what is my strong reason for living? What is my essential, what's my purpose? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what does my soul want to express? You know, there may be different words or ways of saying this that people relate to. So mm-hmm. if who's ever listening in now, like put your own words on this. Is it, yeah. These are my words. I try to keep them open, you know, mm-hmm. not really, not all encompassing all, right. you know, one of the things that uh, in a research study, I want to share later that they talked about that was really important to maintaining quality of life in mm. cancer patients and survivors is a spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. And spiritual well-being encompasses um, it, religious. If you're, if a person is religious, if going to church is what feeds their soul and mm-hmm. connects them to something greater than themselves, uh, that's wonderful. If uh, spiritual practice or um, an, another type of religion, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, what, whatever. That just gets you right. Right, right. So for um, me, I might be like, as, as a woman of faith, I might be like, what what is God calling me to do with this life? He's he's blessed me with. And so that's how I might word it. And like you were saying, it's like yeah. each person is gonna word it differently. It's gonna word it differently. Exactly. And it's to be open. Don't get caught up in semantics, you know. That's one thing I don't I that always gets me is it's it's just wording. We're trying to feel underneath to the the essence of the the feeling or the meaning, the deeper connection. We, I really believe we we all want to have a deep connection mm-hmm. with something greater than ourselves, mm-hmm. and we come to discover this at different times in our lives in different ways, and and one of the ways are wake up calls. Mm. You know, cancer was my wake up call. Boy, did it wake me up. Um, uh, others are maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe mm. loss of a loved one. So, something big yeah. that happens, especially it, unexpectedly. It could even maybe be like, oh, like, you know, my spouse and I are expecting a child now. And it, it's a, it could be positive. That's a good thing. And at the same mm-hmm. time, it could be a wake up call for like, my life is out of order right now. I need to get it in line. Yeah, exactly. Any mm-hmm. big changes that come mm-hmm. that are different than the regular routine you do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where was I now? <laughs> so what's getting um, I, you through the hardest moments? Yeah. So getting me through these hardest moments was really literally sometimes I, I the, the one of the, the longest times I was in the hospital was for three weeks. Wow. Um, recovering. It, it was very tough. 
And mm-hmm. that, that was hard because while you're tired, the mind will go off in different air ways. And mm-hmm. if the mind is going to go off thinking, I want my mind to go off thinking positive thoughts. And, and I want to also, again, tune into what, why am I going through this hard time? You know, what's on the other side of it for me and what's going to help pull me through. Mm. And, and that was looking at, you know, also having hope, you know, and mm-hmm. creating memories. What am I hoping for in the future, mm-hmm. which ties into my purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that I want to do in my future? That's going to give me a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. It can be anything anything at all and and it can be something like your child's birthday coming up that you want to see mm-hmm. or a, a wedding or a friend's special event an anniversary those milestone events it could mm-hmm. be something like that so it doesn't have to be some deep meaning thing you're going to go and change the world or anything right um just something that gives you meaning has meaning to you in your life and that you can be hopeful for, and that you would enjoy and be happy Mm -hmm. to participate in and to see, Mm -hmm. because when we're having these kinds of thoughts, we're producing positive hormones and, you know, and, and even um, thinking warm thoughts about somebody or, virtual hugs now, you know, (laughs) with COVID and all filling our mind and our heart up with positive feelings and feelings of love and gratitude and appreciation. These are all elevated feelings that release positive hormones in our body, oxytocin, the dopamine, serotonin. Mm -hmm. These have all been proven also to boost our immune function. Right, right. So yeah, those are, I mean, a lot of key takeaways for, you know, whether you're going through cancer or not, or you're going through another situation, like those are all encompassing takeaways right there. Um, I would love to know what were some key lifestyle adjustments that you made? And it sounds a lot like, you know, letting go of certain responsibilities, you know, shifting a mindset to a more positive outlook. What were, what were those key lifestyle adjustments? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) I also just want to say that that is lifestyle because I lifestyle was so important to me pre cancer. Mm -hmm. It's just as important to me as I'm healing through cancer Mm -hmm. and carrying on into my new second life. Right. Um, So I also I just say that on my on my website, I, I created Um, a free mini series of three key adjustments, lifestyle adjustments that I made because Mm. I really wanted to share them with people, not only with cancer, but I just totally believe in them there for, for health and longevity and happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of them is I call the mindset adjustment, you know, and Mm -hmm. it is what we've been talking about. And it's also adjusting your, I realize adjusting my values you know, mm. whereas before, yes, family and work, career, independence, those things were important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I realized that I left out actually mm. um, shifting it around to 
what is my personal growth here? How mm-hmm. am I growing as a human being? Mm-hmm. How am I evolving through the work I'm doing or through the relationships that I have in my life? Right. And evolving became a very important word for me. It just, it popped up mm-hmm. into my head and I was like, every choice I make needs to support my greater evolvement of right. who I am as an yep. individual. Yeah. So that, that was one major sort of value shift. Mm-hmm. And also that supported me having a greater sense of myself Yeah. and my self-worth. not connected to my job or anything or my kids or how good a mom I was or not or whatever. Right. Um, That, that was just inherent that that is something we all come in with, you know, we're all, you know, as a, as a a new soul coming in, it's, Mm -hmm. we all are blessed with this sense of this worth. We are loved. We are good enough. Mm -hmm. Just, being here, just breathing, <laughs> just being me is enough. And that also then opens up our spirituality, our connections, keeping, keeping us connected to something greater than just me being busy working, doing this, mm-hmm. getting my checklist done and that sort of thing. Right. 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 So anyway, so that was one big thing. The second thing that I did, and as I mentioned before, I was always active. Mm-hmm. I was always into movement. I danced, I did yoga. My body is, I love to move it. Yeah. So also, thankfully, exercise and movement is a key foundation of healing. Hmm. So there were many months uh, and times and periods over these years where I couldn't do the sports that I used to do. I couldn't move the way that I used to or exercise as much as I did. Mm-hmm. And so I would do that when I could, like I would go to the gym and get on the cross trainer or do some weights when I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ride my bike or whatever the season was, I would try to get out as best I could. Yeah, uh, There were sometimes I couldn't. And so what I ended up and then sometimes I couldn't really do much yoga either. So mm-hmm. I, what I came back to and what, what came into my life was Qigong, that mm-hmm. ancient martial arts, uh, healing, really martial arts of Qigong and which I practiced in when I was in Shanghai Wow! and I had kind of forgotten about it, but I was reintroduced to it again mm-hmm. and my body loved it. I loved mm-hmm. the, the movement, the, the gentleness of it, um, the connection of breath to movement. Mm-hmm. And also Qigong is so um, connected to the natural world and to, to earth, to heaven, mm-hmm. that we are one with everything. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken up a Qigong um, quite, quite seriously in the last four years, three to four years. And that is part of, is part of an online course that I just finished actually, Mm. because you can do it regardless of what level of mobility you have. Mm. And I didn't mention aside from my cancer, I also had osteo, well, developed osteoporosis in my hips. And I found out also from 
my surgeon that at birth, my hips were never quite perfect. And so I was always sort of prone to this. And so for two years, I had this incredible pain in both my hips, Hmm. but I, I couldn't deal with it because I was dealing with cancer treatments and recovery and all of this. And so as soon as my body stabilized enough, I got two hip replacements. Hmm. And so that, that was just last summer. And prior to that, when I couldn't move so well, I was very stiff and limited in my walking and my hips, I could still do Qigong. Mm. And when I did Qigong, I didn't feel any pain. Mm. And so I really believe in the healing power of practicing Qigong for Mm. whole total body healing, mind, body, spirit, everything. Um, Very cool. So it's yeah. like mindset, movement, two M's. And then the third yeah. was? Uh, the third one, um, I think you'll like, it's, <laughs> it's called um, your personal life inventory. So I'm not sure where oh, the cool. M is in here. Um, oh, we can think of but, something. <laughs> yeah. I, so I call this um, tolerations and transformations. So okay. uh, meaning what are you tolerating in your life and how are you transforming it? And this Mm. is also uh, on the emotional level and the mental level, really a a key piece to healing, I believe. And it it came to me um, as I was going through my physical healing, I would notice that as soon as I got enough physical energy, um, that something would come to me in my awareness of like, you need to take a look at that. You know, Mm. you're really not happy with that. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of work, a lot of stress. I'm not quite sure how you're going to come back to this. Um, One of those areas was um, how I had to do my work. Mm -hmm. And that slowly over the the years, I was off work for two years, Mm -hmm. a year and a half. Here's kind of my job description changed and, and it gave, I did go back to work 60%. It gave me, it gave time to reassess and transition, but to, to hear inside, like my inner voice saying, Mm -hmm. you know, the way this is going, I don't know if it's going to support my best health. And so changes have to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing. You know, we can't change our whole life, you know, in a week or maybe even a year. But mm-hmm. what I found that happens is these, these little tolerations would come to my mind, my awareness and go, mm-hmm. you know what, I, that didn't support you, you know, or maybe, maybe it was a person I was meeting with and the way the conversation went or, or the interaction. And I, and I realized that, I didn't gain energy from that. I didn't Mm -hmm. actually feel good. I feel more drained. So what was going Mm -hmm. on there? I became very sensitive to this. Mm -hmm. And so I I felt in a way like I kind of had to protect myself, Mm -hmm. not in a bad way, but just, and also what it taught me was, you know what, we actually all need to kind of have a little, maybe a little awareness or bubble of, of protection around us, you know, that what's working for me? What isn't working for me? It's okay for something to not work and to Mm -hmm. say no, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you, when, you know, when I'd say no to something, then there's an opening for something new, you know, then I can say yes to something that really I could be excited about. Hmm. Um, Hmm. 
So, so those are the three things. And and in my life, I had major outer changes in my life Mm -hmm. that I felt I needed to do to continue to support all the energy I needed for healing, because I realized and came to discover over time, it just takes enormous amounts of energy to heal mm-hmm. way more than I could have ever imagined. And patience wow. with wow. a big P, big patience. <laughs> Key takeaway, uh, patience, everyone. <laughs> yes. Patience for everything, you know, patience yeah. for your body. And I mean, this kind of gets me to, um, realizing that, you know, when the body's going through a lot of changes, such as this, when my body was, um, but also all of our bodies as women, I mean, even before I had cancer, you know, mm-hmm. was I, was I fit enough? Did I have <laughs> enough muscles in my legs? You know, how, how mm. are my stomach muscles and, and all oh, my arms are getting flabby. Like, you know, <laughs> there's this constant oh. noise in the head of like, not good enough. Oh yeah. Could be better. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that is so, um, I don't even care about that anymore. You know, I'll get freeing. those muscles it is very freeing that it's not, mm-hmm. it's not really that it's, that, that is not important. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You, yeah. you can focus on that if you really want that, but it's not a big deal. Don't waste energy on mm-hmm. these kinds of, these kinds of thoughts that really don't mm-hmm. bring, are they bringing you joy? Are they bringing you happiness? Uh, no, no, usually not. So recently I, I went through something else with my a body as a small blip, you know, mm-hmm. but it was a, like, it felt like it felt a little depressing, like, oh, what's going on? Hmm. You know, my body's, ah, I thought it, I thought it was better. I thought it was more perfect. I thought it was more healed or hmm. my body is not perfect. And can I be okay with that? You know, and I, I know that I'm not the only one who's challenged by this thought. Exactly. So I want to. We're all there. (laughs) At some point in that timeline, we all have those same thoughts to some degree. And I, I'm relating a hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. And so how do we face our emotions when we have these, this difficult moment? with, with this triggered by whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it could be like, oh, I'm putting on my summer clothes from a COVID lockdown winter and nothing fits, you know, <laughs> and, I, and there's many of us in that boat and yep. what goes on in our mind, right? What right. kind of thinking, what how, are we beating ourselves up now? Or what are we doing? <laughs> or are we going to say, you know what? it's okay. Hey, my body's healthy. I love it. I'm good. I'll buy new clothes. I'll exercise or whatever. It's all right. So anyway, I, I rather than getting down on, on yourself, Mm -hmm. um, my, one of, one of the, the things that I did that I would love to be a takeaway for, for your listeners and for you is how can I pull myself? How can I come Mm -hmm. back? with resiliency, how can Mm. I bounce back more quickly than maybe I used to when I would have these negative thoughts Mm -hmm. or these limiting beliefs. And that is something that I got better and better at. I had to really, I was good at it before, but I really had to practice 
Mm-hmm. Um, it be, and I think it's a lifelong journey, that practice, totally. you know, totally. how do, how can I have more psychological flexibility to bounce back when mm-hmm. I feel a little knocked down? Mm-hmm. And so I created, I was inspired to create a little meditation called My Beautiful Body. And if we have time, I'd love to share it with your listeners. It's just four minutes and totally. we could take, we could sit back. We could all just sit back now if you're not already. <laughs> well, let's, let's just do it relax. now before we lead into okay. the rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get you all relaxed. And, let's uh, do it. <laughs> so, okay. So I invite you all to sit back in a chair. You could even lay down if you like, just be comfortable Let your whole body be comfortable and somewhere where you can close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that or just just have a soft gaze. So it's just going to be my voice and there's no right or wrong way to do this. So just just allow yourself to follow my words. So let's begin. Settle into this quiet generous moment of space. Allow your mind to be open and your imagination to be free. Turn your awareness towards your breathing. Naturally, your body breathes with the full acceptance of being perfectly attuned to this moment. Now drop more deeply into the vast and beautiful world of your body. With each breath in, allow yourself to feel unconditional acceptance for how your body is right now in this quiet and peaceful moment. With each breath out, surrender all conditions you place on your body. Let them go on the exhale. Feel your body become empty, free of all conditions. As you breathe in, feel where the edges of your skin meet the space around you. Sense the empty space around your body. Now imagine, go further. See yourself merging with the universe, with nature. Feel the unconditional love that is yours to experience. Exhale and let go of anything and everything that holds you back. Let it all go now with your exhale. Through your breath, imagine merging the love you feel within, connecting with universal love or a greater love. The love of God, the love of nature. Breathing in, breathing out. Imagine yourself as a big body of love, perfectly attuned to 
all that you need in this moment. See your whole body, mind, and spirit aligned with your greatest health. Imagine how you feel in this wholeness and coherent alignment. Pull it into you. Feel it with your whole being. Allow yourself to stay with this feeling. Keep it alive in your big body of love for as long as you like. Keep coming back to it. Breathing it in. And now when you're ready, slowly open your eyes and bring this elevated energy back with you into your space. Welcome back. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Leslie, for going through that. And I, I hope everyone is just feels a lot lighter and, and just not as tense. I, I don't, I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Good. Amazing. Yeah. It's it, it, uh, so much of it is letting go of that stress that we're unconsciously holding on to you know, mm -hmm. and, and doing that every day, finding the, the practices that work for us, you know, mm -hmm. that meditation or Qigong or dancing, breathing and, and focusing with the intention of this is mm -hmm. very powerful healing. Mm -hmm. so, well, thank, thank you. you. Um, I'm excited now to just lead into the rapid fire questions. Okay. So, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going from calm to, all right. Right. Answer it, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> You're going to do great. So the first yeah. one I have for you is, who is the most influential woman in your life? And they can be past, present. Maybe you've met them. Maybe you haven't. Who would that be? Well, I have to say that the, the person that pops up into my, my awareness is Carolyn Mace. Mm -hmm. I really, I, I love her. I and what's funny about that is that back in the 80s, I was buying her books, Anatomy of the Spirit, and I always wanted to read what she was writing and into, but I never had time because I had a, <laughs> I was busy. Yep. And, um, and, and so I put her books away. And then when I got with my, one of the, the first thing that came back to me after my cancer diagnosis, um, was her name popped into my head mm -hmm. and I, and I was just, I should go back to her. And I did. And, she, and she doesn't know it, but <laughs> she has helped me immensely through this journey. And, and I've learned a lot from her mm -hmm. and um, awesome. yeah. So very she's, cool. yeah. <laughs> very cool. Uh, thanks for yeah. sharing. Um, yeah. The next one I have for you, and this one's tough for me is what is your favorite food? Yes, because I have a lot of favorite foods. Yes. And um, right now I'm on a very intense cleanse. However, mm. uh, one of the things I can eat on the cleanse that is a favorite food and I love are sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh. I was, <laughs> that was on my mind. <laughs> uh, you were reading my mind. So I, I love sweet potatoes, eat them all the time. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also have uh, dark chocolate. I've always yes. loved dark chocolate. Me too. <laughs> and since I have become more of an anti-cancer diet person, mm-hmm. I do 80% um, oh, yes. dark chocolate. Same. And uh, yeah, 80, 85% wow. is what I love. Wow. So. We, we were late on a lot because sweet potatoes <laughs> and dark chocolate, those are my go-tos. So I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. Are let's you... stop there with the food. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to stop there because we can go yeah. on and on. Are you a yeah. past, present, or future thinker? Well, I would definitely say I'm uh, present and future. Mm, definitely. Th- those are yes. good, good ones to have for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite travel destination or a dream destination you have? Oh, wow. That's hard because I, I was fortunate enough to travel a lot, certainly pre COVID when I lived in China and the middle East. Um, and, and now Switzerland and, and Europe. And oh, yeah. so I love, absolutely love still traveling in Switzerland mm. and um, you know what one of my dreams are actually, Rachel, um, because I've traveled a lot, I, I don't have these huge cravings to go everywhere, but mm-hmm. one of my dreams is to buy um, a, a camper van, small camper van, and it's all set up for me and comfortable and travel around Europe in it oh, and, and also so go as far north up in um, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, and uh, see the Northern Lights. Oh, man. And if I'm up there in the winter, I'd like to go dog sledding. That's something (laughs) I've always wanted to do, too. That would be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, and have no timeline. Just go, go. drive, and be carried away by the adventure. (laughs) Awesome. That would be amazing. I love that. Um, And you you could meet me along the way. (laughs) I'm in. Norway and Sweden are on my list, so... I'm totally in. <laughs> yeah. Are you a reader? And if so, what are you reading right now? Um, I am a reader. I love books. I, I read I read a lot of uh, the self-help books. I've read a lot of the cancer books. The last book that I just read, and I'm still digesting it, so I, I haven't dove into another book yet because sometimes I just like to savor books. Mm-hmm. I read Cured by Jeffrey Rudiger, Dr. Okay. Jeffrey Rudiger. It's called Cured. Okay. Um, very, uh, very excellent, mm. excellent book on, yeah, health, healing. He very also cool. talks about how, how people heal, how people, the, the commonalities of what oh, survivors, people who have healed incurable diseases, yeah. not, not just mm-hmm. from cancer, but other Uh, incredibly difficult um, diseases to be healed from how Mm -hmm. people healed themselves. And he has anecdotal stories in there and he draws comparisons and parallels and also ties it into science and history of science. It's, it's a fascinating book. And and I have to Mm -hmm. say that he nailed every one of the things that I did Mm -hmm. and he has not had cancer he, you know, he's had his own issues, but, but he really listened and he, he got it. Cool. Um, so I was very impressed with his book and it gave me yeah, very inspiring. That sounds awesome. I, I will definitely yeah. be looking into that. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And yeah. last, how can listeners connect with you, Leslie? 
Yeah. Well, great question. I love to connect <laughs> with people. Um, and especially in this virtual world, I'm certainly available on, on Zoom and various platforms. But my website is lesliepeak.com, just as my name, is just my name.com. And on there, you'll be able to sign up for my free mini series, uh, which is, you, you know, it also includes a guided visualization in there, talks a little bit about these lifestyle healing factors. And then I just launched my online course, which I'm really excited mm. about. That's kind of my, my baby. I really Congrats. want to share with people sort of what I've spoken about. Um, I've shared it in depth more mm -hmm. in this course. And it really is a course where people can, they get to do things, you know, you mm. get to do an experience for yourself through journal exercises, movement and Qigong through with, with yeah. videos of me. And also I do some um, emotional freedom technique and tapping as a way to help uh, let go of those things you're tolerating or those limited beliefs or mm. let go of stress, anxiety, depression, all that stuff awesome. um, with tapping. So that's also on my website as well. So very cool. It's all, well, it's all there. All that will be in the show notes. So you're covered yeah. there. Great. Um, Great. Yeah. I, I just really enjoyed talking with you, Leslie. It's, it's really neat to be able to hear your story and what you've gone through and, and your journey. So I really appreciate yeah. it. And thank you for being on. Yeah. Well, thank you, April. It's, it's been wonderful. And um, yeah, I am really ready to share the gifts of what I have, have learned from this, from this journey and I'm still learning, you know, so um, I, I love, love to share with people and uh, it's, it's really been wonderful connecting with you. So thank you. Thank you for opening this up to me. Really appreciate it. No problem. 